freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, www.whatonearthishappening.com. We're simulcasting tonight, again, on the Intel Hub News Network. You can check them out at www.theintelhubnewsnetwork.com. Today is Tuesday, November 30th, 2010. We have a, 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 new, a, a good show lined up for you, but we're going to do something very different here tonight. Tonight, I'm actually going to give on the air a live presentation. I was scheduled to have a guest on. It didn't quite work out with his schedule. I will be rescheduling with him and bringing him back on in a couple of weeks. It'll be a great topic. But um, I'm going to take a break from the uh, normal routine of discussing mind control techniques, which we've been doing for several months now. Um, we've discussed 11 out of the 14 mind control techniques that I had scheduled that we were going to go through in depth on this radio show. What we're going to do tonight is going to be a re-presentation of a lecture that I gave only two nights ago uh, as part of a group here in Philadelphia called Survive and Thrive. And I have uh, mentioned this on the show in the past couple of weeks promoting uh, this uh this lecture that I was asked to give, this presentation that I was asked to give by the host of Survive and Thrive, which is a uh, general survivalist meetup group that takes place here in Philadelphia monthly. Uh, the, the host of it is Fernando Salguero, and he asked me to come in and speak on the topics of natural law and sovereignty and how these principles are intricately and inextricably interwoven into the concept of human survival the survival of the species. So I did that two nights ago, and it was an incredible success. Uh, over 65 people turned out. Uh, they were all very receptive, and it was just a great group of conscious people who really, you could tell, wanted to know a lot more, had a lot of phenomenal questions in the question and answer session, and overall it was just uh, really, really a great night and probably the most fun I've had at one of the Survive and Thrive meetings uh, ever. So 
I want to thank Fernando Salguero for hosting it and putting that meetup together. I want to thank um, Nick Karangi and Jerry Hartman, who also were speakers at this event and did a phenomenal job in their presentation, and uh, just everyone who attended because uh, it was a great night, and I think people learned a lot, and I think people will it will inspire people to do more research on their own in these topics. So tonight you're going to hear a representation of the lecture that I gave at Survive and Thrive only two nights ago called, Survi uh, called Natural Law, Sovereignty, and Survival. Before we do that, um, I want to read a couple of event announcements for events coming up in the Philadelphia area. And then I'll give the call-in numbers because probably after I give this presentation, it probably won't take up the entire show. Uh, at least I don't think it will. Uh, I'll take some calls. So we have a second fundraiser coming up for the Free Your Mind Conference. The Free Your Mind Conference is the big event coming up here in Philadelphia in April, April 9th and 10th. But we still need to raise a good chunk of money to bring in some of the speakers from out of town. It's kind of an expensive endeavor, you know, to uh, to fly some of these speakers in and to lodge them for the uh, weekend of the conference. So we really need some help. Uh, we can't do this on our own. Um, so to those ends, we're having a conference fundraiser. This is the second fundraiser for the Free Your Mind Conference, and this will be happening Saturday, December 11th. That is not this upcoming Saturday, the following Saturday, Saturday, December 11th at 8 o'clock p.m. at Liberty's Pub. Liberty's is in the Northern Liberty section of Philadelphia. That's at 705 North 2nd Street. Okay, that's the corner of 2nd and Fairmount in Philadelphia. There is a minimum $10 donation requested at the door. This is the second fundraiser for the upcoming Free Your Mind Conference. The first was very successful, but we have a long way to go. Come on out to Liberties on December 11th, where you can engage in conversation with freedom-minded individuals, enjoy some good food, drink, and music, and help support the goals of the Free Your Mind Conference. We will also be doing uh, some raffles as well, like we did last time. So there will be prizes involved as well. Tickets for the Free Your Mind Conference will also be on sale at the fundraiser. So you could pick up uh, conference tickets there. There is uh, going to be a change. I have not yet announced this on the website, but there is going to be a change on the ticket pricing for the conference. Okay, We are still offering tickets in advance of $20 per day in advance. But at the door, we will be charging $30 at the door. We're doing this to try to encourage people to get their tickets early because that will help us to pay for some of the out-of-town speakers. So tickets in advance for the Free Your Mind Conference will now be set at $20 per person per day. But at the door, they will be $30. So get your tickets in advance. Buy them now. If you come out to the fundraiser, you'll have the chance to, to buy tickets there. They will be on sale at the fundraiser at Liberty's Pub. For more information, visit freeyourmindconference.com, which brings us to the only other event announcement I have for this week, the Free Your Mind Conference itself, a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. The occult. Free Your Mind is a unique two-day conference scheduled for April 9th and 10th, 2011 in Philadelphia, PA, featuring multiple speakers and diverse educational materials for the purpose of raising public awareness of the critically important topics of mass mind control techniques, 
the covert and subversive influences upon our consciousness and behavior, trauma-based and ritualized abuse, and the practical mental and emotional healing methodologies available for those affected by these devices. The date, Saturday, April 9th and Sunday, April 10th, 2011. The time, 8, 8, uh, I'm sorry, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., both days, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Doors will open at 9 a.m., both days. The location is Ruba Hall, R-U-B-A, Ruba Hall. That's at 414 Green Street, 414 Green Street in Philadelphia. Again, admission price is $20 per day per person in advance. But if you buy tickets at the door, ticket prices are $30 per person per day. The confirmed speakers so far for the conference, Aaron McCollum, Alfred Weber, Andrew Basiago, Bob Tuscan, Farah Yurdozu, John Irvin, John Nicholson, Larkin Rose, Laura Magdalene Eisenhower, Mark Matika, Mark Passio, Mel Fabregas, Michael Kelly, and Suzanne Taylor. For more information on this great conference coming up in Philadelphia in April of 2011, please visit www.freeyourmindconference.com. So that's all of the event announcements that I have for today. And as promised, uh, I'm just going to jump right into the presentation on natural law. Now, what I'm doing this for is, one, to put a little bit of a break in the um, traditional um, outline that I've set for the program. Uh, we've been covering the, the topics of uh, the topic of the techniques of mind control for many, many weeks. We have gone over 11 of them, and I'll just briefly recount what those 11 um, methods of manipulation have been. We have looked at obfuscation, which is basically to put someone into a state of general confusion or bewilderment by disassociation of two different, com uh, completely different concepts or ideas. We looked at worldview poisoning, the poisoned view of human nature, of the value of the individual, and of the possibility for change, worldview poisoning. We looked at the exploitation of primal fears, fears that are rooted deep in the subconscious mind and are often there in the underlying genetic code of an individual because they have been... Uh, present in the human psyche for thousands of years. So these are fears from antiquity, from the antiquity of the human species. And these primal fears are exploited by dominators to further control people. These we saw were the fears of darkness, the fear of predators, the fear of abandonment, and the fear of chaos. We also looked at technique number four, which was the divide and conquer strategy. Okay, and this is the exploitation of our perceived differences between one another, the divide and conquer strategy, race, religion, sex, uh, nationality, politics, age, um, you name it, any way that, w that we see each other as different from one another, uh, that will be exploited and used as a means to conquer the population. The fifth technique was the school systems, 
the indoctrination methods that go to work on us from very young ages to get us not to think critically and to uh, get us to basically go along with anything the state says, to look at the state as, you know, big daddy. Um, it's outcome-based education. It isn't based on actual, real, holistic intelligence. It is often purely a, a left-brain form of intelligence, the indoctrination system. Technique number six was controlled opposition. This is basically dialectical mechanics, basic dialectics, which pits two opposing forces off against each other, gets people to choose a side so that they are polarized against each other and end up fighting each other instead of understanding the force that's essentially conquering and enslaving them. Technique number seven was the monetary system, and this is one of, if not the biggest of all of them, because this is the universal worldwide religion of the masses of humanity, uh, and it is a religion. Uh, this is what I call the one and only religion, money. It's a proxy for the true intelligence, the true care, the true will, etc., and it's, uh, it's completely fake. We saw the, how it's based on nothing except the belief in it, and um, it is one of the most powerful techniques that the dominators have at their disposal, the monetary system. We looked in depth at that. We also took a look at the control of the mass media. That was t uh, method of manipulation number eight. The mass media is basically working for a few major corporations, and they're essentially yellow journalist propagandists, not reporting anything that resembles truth, although every once in a while they'll throw a little bit of truth in there with the lie to get you to take the poison pill. But uh, essentially, these are institutionalized um, corporations that are run by the same dominators that run the banking system and the military and the intelligence agencies, etc. You don't have a free press in this country. You have a controlled media. So uh, that was technique number eight. Technique number nine was food and medicine. We spent a, a many weeks on this because there's an a incredible attack that is taking place on the physical body because that is the gateway to the mind. If you weaken the body, you have access to the mind. And um, what is in our food is disgraceful. The, the poisons that are in what is passed off as food and the pharmaceutical industry, they're peddling poison in the form of medicine. So we looked at that over many weeks. Great resources up on the website on that. You can uh, go to What on Earth is Happening and click the podcast tab and always get access to past shows. And there's a lot of great information posted there as well in the form of uh, um, pictures, related images that go along with uh, these shows, and uh, also um, documents and videos to go along with them to uh, help people to study further on their own some of the topics that we cover. Um, over the last couple of weeks, we looked at the illusion of time. That was technique number uh, 10. And we saw that time is, is an illusion. It is not really rooted in anything that is truly real. Um, it is the getting us to focus our attention on the past, which is completely gone and cannot be changed. We can't do anything about it, so spending energy on that is fruitless. And to have us to uh, basically dwell in a state of anxiety in, over what may happen in the future, which is also almost equally as pointless because the future is not here. It has not arrived yet. The power lies in the present moment and in present moment awareness. So we looked at that over the last couple of weeks. We also looked at time as a spiritual currency. We say how we spend our time. 
and indeed it is a form of currency because we get something in return for the quality of our time, what we used our time to pay attention to. So that was uh, technique number 10. Last week we talked about the 11th technique, which is the factors of denial, hassle, and ridicule. And these are the ways that humanity basically polices themselves. They deny the events that are really taking place, even though they could essentially see it with their own eyes. Uh, they decide to stay in what is called the hassle-free zone, not to deal with any uh, of the um, inconveniences and discomforts that may result uh, from standing up and speaking the truth. And the ridicule factor, being afraid of what other people may think of them for coming forward and speaking the truth. So... Those were the 11 techniques that we've covered so far. In future weeks, we are going to be getting into religion, which is technique number 12, as a form of binding and mind control. We will be looking at um, uh, subversive symbolism, the subversive usage of symbolism, which is a language in and of itself. We'll be covering these in depth. These will probably take up more weeks than the monetary system or food did. Okay, so these are the big guns that are coming up, uh, the, the main techniques that are used to really, really get into the human psyche and keep it under deep levels of control. Finally, the, uh, the, the 14th method is what I call chaos sorcery, and that is uh, basically mass rituals or false flag events that take place in public in the light of day and are essentially there to inject pure fear into the human mind so that we will be softened up to willingly give up our sovereignty and our freedom such that the dominators of the world can come in with even more um, subversive solutions to the problems that they themselves have created and put, bring, the, uh, bring the lockdown further on humanity you know, uh, really close the entire society for even further than it already has been. So that will be coming up over the next several weeks. Those techniques will be covered in depth. And in the coverage of those techniques, as I've said uh, on the past on this show, we will be looking at different occult ideologies and different occult um, philosophies that are embedded in a lot of these uh, techniques for mind control. So the next three techniques will really open up a initiation of sorts into uh, different schools of occult thinking. So stay tuned for that coming up over the next few weeks on this show. Um, what I want to let people know before uh, I jump in with the presentation for this evening is that if you go to my website and you click on the radio page, if you're not already there, uh, you will see that there is a link posted for tonight's show on the radio page, okay? That's on the left-hand side. You click where it says Listen Live, and then it'll take you to the page where the player is at, and there will be a link there that says for tonight's show, uh, The Natural Law, Sovereignty, and Survival Presentation. That is a PDF document. I compressed it as well as I was able to. I could have probably shrunk the images down in size, but I decided to leave them at their full size. I didn't put every single build of every slide in. I put the things that were really important in. And um, 
I uh, compressed it as well as I could and turned it into a PDF document. So essentially what you can do is download that document and follow along with me and see the actual slides that I used in this presentation a couple of nights ago as I go through the concepts and ideas in the presentation. So before we jump in with this, let me give the call in numbers just so people have them. And uh, I'm going to take calls after I'm finished going through the presentation. That's uh, unusual. I don't usually do that. I usually will open up calls at any time during the show. But again, this is a special show. So calls will be probably in the last half hour of the show or so. Okay. And um, the, uh, there are two call-in numbers. You can call into uh, the TalkShoe uh, number. That, that number for call-in is 724-444-7444. Once again, the talk shoe call in 724-444-7444. The call ID number is 83515. Once again, the call ID that you'll have to put in after you call that first number is 83515. We're also simulcasting on the Intel Hub tonight, so that's broadcast over Blog Talk. The Blog Talk call in number is 646 727 3387. Once again, 646 727 3387. All right. So, this uh, presentation that I gave a couple of days ago at Survive and Thrive Philadelphia was called Natural Law, Sovereignty, and Survival. And what I basically told the audience when I began the presentation was that um, this will not be a political presentation. This will not be a religious present presentation. This will not be a scientific presentation as it is generally thought of in uh, the term that modern science is thought of. And this will not be a new age movement presentation because all of those ideologies are essentially boxes for human consciousness that basically say anything outside of our box, the walls that we have erected, is unfit for human consumption. And unfortunately, the truth is too big to fit in any of those boxes. It is much bigger than any of those ideologies. The truth encompasses a much wider range. So we can't be limited to those four ideologies. We have to look outside of them for the answers. I hear the music. Be right back. Did you ever wish that you could have done something while you still had the chance? What will you do? Hey, I didn't mean to interrupt your uh, speech there, man. Sorry. No problem. I heard the music kind of late, but I, I just uh, broke in time. No problem. Oh, that was perfect time, and it worked out. Cool. It's kind of low. I don't know what's going on with that. We'll fix all that stuff and get it working. Okay. It sounds good on the audience's end, though. Great. So, so how far are you in the talk so far? Uh, slide three. Got a long way to go. <laughs> did you get it up on your site? I did. Yeah, it took me a while cool. to get it compressed uh, into a acceptable size because first time I did it, it was like you know over twenty megabytes or something or even more. And I was like, that'll that'll kill the server. I got it down to like eight megabytes. That's not too bad. Hopefully the server will put up with oh, the, you know, the downloads. Mark, we're talking on air right now, off air right now, but we're still on your talk show audience, aren't we? Yeah, that's okay. I could edit that out. 
All right, well, hello to the Talk Shoot Live listeners, if there's any of them out there. Yep, there's a few people listening, actually uh, quite a bit on the uh, the Talk Shoe, um, uh forum there. So glad to see that. Well, they're hearing us uh, behind the scenes here. Yep, yep. It's kind of like uh, what Alex Jones does with his overdrive section, huh? <laughs> exactly. So you got to go to whatonearthishappening.com for the extra behind the scenes, you know, break free stuff. For people listening on talk show, uh, this is Bob Tuscan of Truth Be Told, uh, theylive.com. Theylie.com. And uh, he's also. Right. Uh, there you go. I'm getting my own commercial now. He's also a guest. He's also a uh, host on the uh, Intel Hub News Network. All right, well, let's go to their commercials for a little bit longer, and then we'll uh, come back from the break, and you can continue with your wonderful lecture. You got it, Bob. All right, thanks. Get your non-hybrid seed pack now. With the looming economic crisis, food shortages, and other toxic disasters, now is the time to be ready. Just click on the Heirloom Organics banner at the top of our Blog Talk radio page today. Secure your future and the future of your family in hard times. Heirloom Organic Seeds. Hi, this is Bob Tuscan. Tune in to my show, Truth Be Told Radio, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. You are listening to the Intel Hub News Network, crushing the New World Order piece by piece. We're back on what on earth is happening. I was uh, talking about that the truth is too big to fit inside the boxes that are erected by certain um, institutions like politics, religion, science, and the New Age movement. It's much bigger than that. And we have to look outside of the box if we want to find real truth. So what I basically had established uh, in my What on Earth is Happening series of lectures, as I told the audience there the other night, is that what's really taking place on the Earth is that a small cabal of people who don't have the, the general interests of the public at mind are really controlling this world, and through manipulation and techniques that basically subvert the human consciousness, uh, they are getting us to hand over our sovereignty and our natural law rights and uh, in doing that, all the power and influence of this world is flowing right to them. And people don't understand how this works because they don't really know enough about themselves. Ultimately, all knowledge that is really a solution to this problem is self-knowledge. And we'll talk about that a little bit as the presentation unfolds. But essentially, what their main aims are is to put the human population into a trance-like state that resembles sleep, that resembles hypnosis, and basically bring in a completely closed society or a police state. And they're very close to achieving this objective. I believe they've partially have achieved it and brought in a soft police state, which is what we really have now. And they want to make it a hard police state and really lock down the entire world. They want this to be a globalized centralized uh, dictatorship. So um, we're on, I'm on slide number six for those of you who are following along in the PDF document that I uploaded to my site 
hopefully my server, uh, I just went to a new server, and hopefully it is handling uh, the load of people downloading uh, the presentation for those who did go up there and try to retrieve it. Um, so slide number six shows uh, basically the earth with a cage around it, locked down with a master lock. And that's basically the kind of world that these dominators want to achieve, that they want to bring into manifestation. What I told the audience the other night, and what I'll say again here tonight, is that the presentation I'm about to give is the master key to that lock. This is the key to act, the understanding that is herein contained is actually the key to, to, to unlock that gate and to free this world. If only we essentially come to that knowledge of our own accord and our own free will. And what I basically told the audience is that I can never get you to, uh, for, I can't forcibly make you understand this. You have to receive it. But I wanted to establish that this isn't my belief system. This is, this is stuff that is inherently existing in the universe. And we'll talk about that as, as we go forward. Actually, we'll talk about it right now because the next section, the first section, I, I gave this presentation in 13 sections, which is kind of a symbolic number. So section number one was definitions uh, to establish basic foundations for the language as we go forward in the presentation. So what is natural law? You know, we have to establish what the word natural means and what the word law means in the context that we're, uh, of the ideas that we're talking about. So I defined natural as inherent, and that means having a basis in nature, reality, and truth. Okay, its basis is in nature, in the natural world. It is not made or caused by humankind. Non-man-made, in other words. Man didn't make this up. It is self-existing. Okay, and law, I defined as an existing condition which is binding and immutable. Binding means that it has an effect on you whether you accept it, know about it, believe in it, doesn't matter. You are bound by it. it. There are conditions in the world. Laws are conditions that are existing in the world that you are bound by. When, when we're talking about natural laws, okay? And they are immutable. They cannot be changed simply by wishing them away or not wanting them to be there. They are, period. Okay? So that's natural law then is existing conditions which are binding and immutable and have a basis in nature, reality, and truth that are not caused by humankind. That's what natural law is. The historical significance of natural law I briefly touched on, and this was touched on by the host, Fernando, earlier actually. So he read a bit from the Declaration of Independence, and this was also in my lecture. So the historical significance of natural law was section number two. If you're following along, we're now on slide 10 and moving to slide 11. I talked about natural law in the foundations of America in particular. Could have mentioned it in other societies, but since this is where we live, I wanted to help people to get an appreciation that the founders of this country had a, a deep knowledge of natural law. They didn't always adhere to it uh, as well as they should have or could have, but they did possess an understanding of it that they attempted to enshrine in the founding documents of this country. 
So I'll read a little bit from the Declaration of Independence to show how they incorporated the concept of natural law into it. When, in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. Okay, so in the first paragraph of the Declaration of Independence, natural law is mentioned. The laws of nature and of nature's God. Nature's God. Okay, the founding fathers of this country were deists. They weren't religionists. They were deists. They knew that there was a force of creation or a creator. And they knew that that was the force that basically created nature, the natural world. And that there are laws that nature is governed by, and that humanity is bound to those laws whether they like it or not. So they put that in the very first paragraph of the Declaration of Independence. Okay? Moving on to slide 12. They also said that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. There's a lot of words in there that are important. First of all, we hold these truths with a capital T to be self-evident. Truth, not beliefs, not opinions, not trends, not current circumstances, but truths, okay? And we hold them to be self-evident. They're so obvious, okay? It's like saying the sky is blue, okay? It's self-evident. At least it was to them. We've fallen a long way in our understanding of natural law since the founding of this country. At least most people have. All men are created equal, and by men, they mean mankind, men and women. Some people will claim they did not mean that, but, you know, I think it is, it is something that if they did not mean, we should certainly include all people. It's not just men. And, you know, this is like, as we say, man, men, you know, man can mean a single man or man as a whole of the species. Okay. But they're saying... All men are created equal. Created. Created. That implies a creator. And then the next phrase talks about that. They are endowed by their creator. Okay? An endowment is a birthright. It means something that you have by nature of being born. You were given it by the creator as a birthright. No one can take it from you. No one can grant it to you or take it away from you. And they go on to describe that they, we have certain unalienable rights. The, this means they cannot be separated from us. They cannot be made alien. A lien cannot be placed upon them so that they are separate from us. We always have them. We always have had them. We always will 
have them. These rights are eternal. They're not made by man. They're not granted by man. They were granted by the Creator. Whatever you happen to feel that force is for you doesn't matter. You can imagine it however you, you like to imagine it. And it's your goal to get into touch with that through a one-to-one -one basis on your own. Okay, but these are not granted by men or women. They are not given to us. They cannot be taken from us. Oh, there are people who think they can, but in reality, they cannot ever really usurp our rights. They can make the claim and try to put that into practice, but the rights still exists, whether no matter what the conditions on the earth are. Okay, they are inherent rights. Moving on, the next section was called General Principles. The General Principles of Natural Law. And these were not specifically uh, defined or gone through in order in the presentation, but I will touch upon where these um, happen to be um, talked about as we go further into the presentation, okay? There are seven basic principles to understand when talking about natural law. Natural law is ultimately expressed through seven basic principles. Principles, the word principles means first things. And as we've said on the show in the past, when it comes to our principles, we have to put these first things first. We need to be more concerned with principles than anything else because principles are based in truth. Those who know, know and adhere to these principles. Now, notice I didn't say believe in these principles. These are not things that need to be believed in. These are things that are in existence. They are naturally occurring in the universe. Okay? They are inherently extant. They exist. We need to recognize their existence to come to know them. Not believe in them, but to know them and adhere to them. Okay? So those who know and adhere to these principles possess the key through which the wisdom of the universe is unveiled. And that's a big statement. That's a big claim. Okay? However, that is the truth. If we really do understand and know these principles, and then we live in harmony with them, the amount of wisdom that will open up to us is scarcely imaginable to us in the current conditions that we live in. These seven principles of natural law the basis, the foundation for natural law are the principles of mentalism, correspondence, vibration, polarity, rhythm, cause and effect, and gender. Okay? So I'll briefly touch on them. I won't get into them in depth. And then you will see how these will apply as we move forward in the lecture. The principle of mentalism is simply that Everything that exists, exists first as a mental construct. The mind is the essential generator of everything that we experience. Okay? The universe that we experience comes into being as a result of how we think. Our experience will be dictated by how we think. As a man and woman thinks, so they will be. 
The principle of correspondence is that the universe is self-similar across all scales, from the macrocosm to the microcosm. It is essentially fractal and holographic. All right? As above, so below. As takes place in the microcosmic universe, it will be reflected into the macrocosmic universe, or the larger. As, as the things that take place and enter into manifestation on the small scale, okay, you will see the, the, the larger scale be reflective of that, and vice versa. All right? The principle of vibration. Everything vibrates. Nothing rests. Everything is composed of vibratory energy. I hear our break music coming up. Stay tuned. Coming up to another break. I'm Mark Passio. We'll be right back. Did you ever wish that you could have done something while you still had the chance? What will you do if your income ends tomorrow? Or if you lose your home as many already have? Do you have enough money to survive through an economic depression? If you don't want to gamble with your future, then FreeToProsper.com can help you quickly end your debt problems, protect your property and possessions, and develop a personal strategy to get you through the hard times. Most importantly, you get to keep your money and not pay another cent to creditors. Our program is often superior to bankruptcy, consolidation, or settlement. Visit FreeToProsper.com to find out more. This is your real chance to act ahead, so don't delay. Your future may depend on it. Call 718-615-0123 to learn more. That's 718-615-0123. Or visit FreeToProsper.com today. In a world where corrupt oppressors and oligarchs have seized control of the population, trouble tyranny is amongst us. The burden of humanity rests on our shoulders. The only way out is to expose the global crime syndicate known as the New World Order. Together, we are all one. Together, we are Intel soldiers. The battle for free humanity ensues. Join us in the fight. The Intel Hub.com. Secure your future. Get your non-hybrid seed pack now. With the looming economic crisis, food shortages, and other toxic disasters, now is the time to be ready. Just click on the Heirloom Organics banner at the top of our Blog Talk radio page today. Secure your future and the future of your family in hard times. Heirloom Organic Seeds. Hi, this is Bob Tuscan. Tune into my show, Truth Be Told Radio, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. You are listening to the Intel Hub News Network. 
crushing the new world order piece by piece. Okay, we're back on What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. The website is whatonearthishappening.com. The network is the Intel Hub News Network.com. So, we were talking about the general principles of natural law. The principles of mentalism, correspondence, vibration, polarity, rhythm, cause and effect, and gender. And uh, some of you may know these as the hermetic principles, and indeed they are. But these are the principles that govern natural law. I was talking about the principle of vibration. This is that everything in the universe is essentially composed of vibratory energy. And we can employ different vibrational states to change what we experience. The principle of polarity. Everything has a positive and a negative pole to it. The principle of rhythm. Time and consciousness move in cycles. The principle of cause and effect. Effect invariably follows cause. For every effect, there must be a prime cause. And the principle of gender. Everything essentially has a masculine and feminine component to it. So these general principles will be touched on. They will not be gone into in depth, but they will be touched upon as we uncover natural law, what it is, and how it works. So I'm now going to slide 16 for those who are following along in the PDF document, and that will be posted uh, with the podcast uh, to the website in the podcast section. I usually uh, post the podcast the following day after the show. I uh, have a section called Discovery versus Belief. So this is section four. I started this with a quote from Soren Kierkegaard. There are two ways to be fooled. One is to believe what is not true, and the other to, is to refuse to accept what is true. So the first way to be fooled is to believe what is not true. The second way to be fooled is to refuse to accept what is true. And that's the decision that humanity basically faces. And they fall into, usually fall into both of these. And people believe all kinds of nonsense and refuse to accept the truth. And that's why we're in the mess that we're in. Well, my presentation isn't about belief at all. I think we need to steer humanity away from belief in general and get people to start looking at what actually is present in this world, the truth, okay? Things that actually do manifest in reality. And there is such a thing. You know, the opposite of that, that there is no such thing as truth is an ideology called solipsism, which we've talked about on this show pretty extensively. And it is the biggest lie that can ever be bought or sold. And it, you know, the ideology that there is no such thing as truth is the most dangerous and slippery slope to totalitarianism that there is. Because if there's no truth, there's no right or wrong, and therefore man gets to make up what is uh, true, what is right, what is good, um, and decide that he's God, essentially. 
And that's what the ideology of solipsism is. It's outlined in the book 1984 by George Orwell. Solipsism is specifically mentioned. So um, in general belief, I'm on slide 18 now, is, uh, you know, I have an image of a guy jumping off of a cliff saying, I don't believe dot, dot, dot. And then the next slide, slide 19, is him falling to his doom. And, uh, you know, as he's falling, he's saying, in gravity. And then there's going to be a splat there at the end because uh, he wants to refuse to accept something that simply is true, a natural law known as gravity, thinking that he's going to defy it because he doesn't want to believe in it. And it, the universe doesn't work that way. And like a physical law like gravity, the natural laws do apply in the same way that gravity does apply. It does not matter whether you believe in them or not. They are extant. That means they exist in and of themselves. They are self-existing principles. And belief in them is completely irrelevant. We're not talking about belief here. We're talking about recognition or discovery of principles that exist. Okay? So the next slide, slide 20, is Mikhail Bakunin, the father of modern anarchy. He says that the liberty of man consists solely in this, that he obeys the laws of nature because he has himself recognized them as such and not because they have been imposed upon him externally by any foreign will whatsoever. Recognition, discovery, that's what we're talking about, not belief. No belief is required here. No belief is required of anything that is said on this show at all. Look into it. Discover it for yourself. Or discover the contrary, if that's what the information leads you to. Consciousness is the next section. To understand natural law and how it works, we need to know a little bit about how our consciousness works first. And we've covered this extensively on this show, so this will be a recap. And, you know, I don't think you could ever repeat this information too often. The more you go through it, the more it sinks in, the more you come to understand it. And the more you think about these things, the more of an appreciation you have for them. So I think it's important to recover ground that's already been covered. I don't think it's a wasted time. I think that helps to solidify some of these concepts and ideas for, for people. Many people need to hear things multiple times before they really become entrenched. Okay, so um, before ideas sink into the extent that they're really applicable in someone's life. Okay, so consciousness how we're defining that as the, in the context of this presentation is the ability to recognize patterns and meaning with respect to events taking place both within oneself and around oneself. It's simply the ability to recognize patterns and meaning, okay, both internally and externally. And consciousness has a polarity to it in gender. Okay, so this is the principle of gender coming up here. There is a masculine and a feminine component to consciousness. The masculine is called yang energy, which is solar or of the sun. It is active, analytical, dominant, aggressive, 
and corresponds with the left brain hemisphere. There is also feminine or yin energy to consciousness, and that is lunar or of the moon. It is passive, intuitive, submissive, compassionate, and is largely governed by the right brain hemisphere of the brain. Okay? Moving on to slide 24. Consciousness has three basic expressions. There is a creative principle and, again, a feminine and masculine principle. Okay, so we see gender employed here again. All right? So our thoughts are the first expression of our consciousness. This is the creative principle of consciousness or the father of this trinity of consciousness. The emotions... This is the internal or feminine quality of consciousness, the feminine principle or the mother of this trinity. This is the yin energy or internalized energy of consciousness. All right? The external component of consciousness, of the manifestations of our consciousness, is our actions. And this is a male principle. We act with, you know, force. We act with what we do with our body. So that's an outward or external manifestation of consciousness. So that's considered masculine or yang-based energy. Okay? So since our actions are the byproduct of our thoughts and our emotions, this is considered a child because it is born into existence after we have had thoughts about something and emotions about it, and then we act on it. So that's the fruit of our thoughts and our emotions or the child of the trinity of consciousness, thought, emotion, and action, okay? And since it's masculine, it's considered a male child or a son, all right? Moving on to slide 25, consciousness is expressed through the physiology through the human brain. And we broke down the triune brain, the three-part brain structure that we all have. And the first component of the brain, the component structure is the reptile brain, the brain stem and the um, uh, cerebellum. So this is the component, this is the structure within the human brain, uh, the complex within the brain called the R-complex that essentially governs our motor skills, uh, provides our uh, movement coordination, our respiration, and um, governs instinct and survival in the physical sense. Um, it's important to have that, the fight or flight response, because that's there for when we are in any kind of physical danger. That part of the brain kicks in and helps us to survive the situation as the need may be. Dwelling in it is a problem because it will destabilize the other components of the brain if we really live from a pure physical survival standpoint only and dwell uh, completely obsessed by the material world, Okay. So it's a necessary component of the brain, but we don't want to dwell there because it's the lowest consciousness uh, of the brain structure. The mammalian brain is also known as the limbic brain. Uh, this is slide number 26. It's highlighted in yellow there. Okay, This part of the brain governs our emotions. It makes possible our emotions to be felt within the body because of the chemicals that it outputs. And um, this is known as the midbrain. Now, they're all human range of emotions basically are uh, the chemicals that are secreted make those 
that range of emotion possible. So both positive and negative emotions, both are basically generated through this complex in the brain, the limbic system, all right? So that's the internal qualities of consciousness, you know, generated through the limbic system. That's the emotional uh, machinery for the brain. Finally, on slide 27, we see the human brain or the neocortex. This is responsible for higher order thinking and higher order thought function, conceptual thinking, reason, logic, science, mathematics, creativity, art, intuition, um, uh, morals, okay, language, everything that basically makes us a human being. Hence, it is called the human brain. This is the most complex and developed part of the brain. It is the newest evolutionarily. Therefore, it is called the new cortex, neocortex, okay? Now, in the next slide, 28, we see that the human brain is bilaterally symmetrical, meaning it is composed of two equal hemispheres. The, the left hemisphere, or the male hemisphere of the brain, which I've marked with a upward-pointing triangle and the word yang to, to correspond, again, in gender, the principle of gender here, uh, applies to the brain. This is the male hemisphere of the brain. The functions that it makes possible are analytical thinking, logical thinking, precise thinking, uh, repetitive, organized, detail-oriented, scientific, detached, literal, and sequential. All of these types of thought functions are made possible by the left or male brain. Okay, This is yang energy. The symbol of yang energy is the upward pointing triangle or the blade, okay? The right brain basically makes possible the, op the quite the opposite functions uh, of, of thought and consciousness. It is more creative, it is imaginative, it is general, it is intuitive, conceptual, it grasps the big picture, it is heuristic or holistic, it is em empathetic, okay, empathy. It is figurative and irregular thinking or nonlinear thinking, okay? Non-time-bound thinking. So this I've marked with yin, the word yin, and a downward-pointing triangle, which is the chalice or the symbol of feminine energy. The goal of working to elevate our awareness will be the balancing of these two hemispheres of the brain, and I've symbolically shown that by the coming together of the yang and, yang and yin energies or the left and right brain or the male, masculine and feminine components of the brain to bring, to get, bring them both together and that is a well-known symbol known as the seal of Solomon, the sun and the moon. Again, the left brain is the solar brain, the right brain is the lunar brain or moon. Okay, the sun and the moon coming together, the chalice and the blade coming together. Okay, and some people know this as the Star of David, but it is much older than that. This is called the Seal of Solomon, okay? The sun and the moon coming together, or male and female coming together. The chemical wedding, the balance of consciousness between male and female, left and right brain hemispheres. In the next slide, I show what a balanced brain looks like versus what an imbalanced brain looks like. When we dwell chronically in one brain hemisphere, modality or another, no matter what it is, no matter which hemisphere is dominant, the neocortex becomes destabilized. And we see the result here. This is a PET scan showing global EEG coherence 
in the neocortex on the left and showing a person who basically has neocortical brain damage and these are not holes in the brain physically they are areas of electrochemical deadness or the complete reduction in neural activity in certain areas of the neocortex of the brain the higher thought center of the brain meaning that this person cannot really engage in on the right the person who's brain is labeled damaged there on the right hand side of this slide slide 29 um, their neocortex is uh, damaged and this person in this state can probably not engage in much conceptual or higher conceptual or higher order thought functions sadly okay and this I, I put this slide in the presentation on natural law to help people to understand why there are so many people out there who are willing to try to tread all over other people's natural law God-given rights and try to usurp their sovereignty and it is because that is what their brain looks like okay unequivocally I will state that is what their brain looks like these are physically ill people physically damaged people they are sick not figuratively literally literally they have brain damage okay I'm emphasizing that really strongly as I did when I covered this on earlier shows okay dominators are physically sick people that need help they need healing this is what their brain looks like on the right they need to be brought back to the state of a normally functioning brain which is the one on the left alright so let's move forward slide 30 natural law also known as and this is a brief section where I just basically explain to people that natural law has been called different things over many years okay and these are essentially the same principles that are applied in these different types of ways of looking at natural law but they have different names and maybe people have heard about natural law under a different name one is the law of cause and effect and I gave a couple of quotes to basically show uh, the the general principles as people know them under these names okay so for the law of cause and effect I put down effect invariably follows cause this is a more scientific way of looking at natural law effect invariably follows cause and there we have the law of cause and effect okay for every action there is exists an equal and opposing reaction this is one of Newton's laws of motion in the physical sense okay so this also applies in the non-physical sense or in the sense that how of how natural law governs human behavior okay that's the law of cause and effect the law of attraction here's some quotes that demonstrate this and this is something that is pretty hot in the modern world people are all talking about the law of attraction and how to employ it okay the energy that you emit is the energy of is the energy that you attract and that is essentially true energy flows where attention goes attention along with time being the other spiritual currency that we employ what we pay attention to is what we get more of okay and not in the sense that if you are becoming aware of some of the negative things that are going on that means you're going to get more of that it means put your attention on frivolous pursuits and pretty much you're going to be ruled by people who have the will to rule you okay 
you want to not pay attention to what's really going on in the world, well, you're going to be treated and your life is going to result accordingly. That's what it means. It does not mean this New Age BS notion of looking at the global conspiratorial aspects of what's happening as far as the organization of evil in this world is going to get us more evil just because we're trying to discover how that's take, working and taking place. Because in looking at that, in looking at all that shadow material, the solution lies therein. It, it helps to wake us up to what the solution really is. The things that we must not do, not continue to do, and continue to support. Okay? So, energy flows where attention goes. Law of attraction. As you think, so you shall be. I've already stated that on this show. Okay. Karma or moral law, natural law has also been called. And I illustrated this with the, the famous quote, you reap what you sow. Okay. The seeds that you plant are the fruit that you're going to get back. Again, the universe is like a gigantic mirror. The energy we put out into it is the energy we, we receive back from it in the form of what manifests in our lives. And finally, the golden rule, do unto others as you would have done to yourself. Quite simply, and if people lived it, the world would transform overnight, but sadly they do not. Or most of them do not, I should say. Okay? Natural law expressions. This is the bulk of the presentation. Essentially, this is how natural law works, to put it quite simply. We're at slide 32 now. Okay? So slide 33, I start, I'm going to start filling in this chart on the expressions of natural law. There is, of course, a positive expression and a negative expression of the energies that are used that basically make natural law go into effect. Okay? So, again, here we're seeing the principle of polarity. All right? There's a positive and a negative expression to how natural law works. All right? In the next slide, we're looking at the basic two polar forces, again the polarity principle, okay, that generate, They this is called the generative force. Generation means creation. These are the two principles, the two energies or polarities that we use to create that which we manifest in the world, okay? So these are the two basic emotional polarities. The positive one is love and the negative expression is fear, okay? These are the generative forces, the only two real generative forces that exist and that we have to work with. Every decision that we make is ultimately a decision between these two polarities. So in the next two slides, I show representations of what these forces basically look like if we were to give them an, an image. Okay, of course, in reality, they don't have an image, but we're trying to illustrate concepts here. And we do that by, you know, putting some graphics onto some slides that are appropriate to the concept. Okay, so slide 35 shows love and slide 36 shows fear. In slide 37, I show the initiative expression of natural law. Okay, and again, we're going to show this in both the positive and negative expression. Okay, there's always a polarity that is inherent to these ex expressions. When you use love, the initiative expression, or in other words, the first phase, the beginning stages, is we seek truth. Okay? We are not in fear, so we want to know. This is the desire to know. Seeking truth, and it manifests as knowledge. So knowledge is seeking truth. 
Okay? The opposite of this or the negative expression of the initiative expression of natural law is ignorance. So this is the negative beginning stage. Ignorance. This is where you say you don't want to know. I don't want to know that. I refuse knowledge. I refuse truth. This is the refusal of truth. Okay? So that's based in fear. Wanting to know is based in love or the expansive force of consciousness. That's ultimately the sense that we're talking about love in here. This isn't the romantic Hollywood uh, movie, romance novel version of love. Okay? This is love as the force of that expands consciousness and wants you to look at that which is and understand that which is. Okay, that's the sense we're using love here. So, ignorance is based in fear, knowledge is based in love. Okay, and in the next slides, we see representations of knowledge and ignorance. And I'm sorry, it looks like I got slides 38 and 39 reversed. I will fix that and re-upload the document, but uh, slide 38 should be the knowledge slide and slide 39 should be the ignorance slide. So, um, ignorance, there's, uh, I'm sorry, knowledge, there's a picture of it there on slide 39 and this is, you know, kind of what it looks like, an enlightened being uh, shown in, in an energy sense, you know, uh, higher uh, awareness expressed, the opening of the third eye and all the chakras, okay? Um, in slide 30, what should be slide 39, it's slide 38 currently, um, we see a depiction of ignorance. Two people, you know, eating horrible foods, watching a television that's telling them everything is okay. This, this I believe, is art by David Dees, who's a phenomenal artist uh, and illustrates these concepts so brilliantly. Uh, it's a kind of a funny image. Uh, and it would be probably funnier if it weren't so true and so sad. But um, that's what ignorance looks like. And ignorance is the biggest wall or barrier to the understanding of natural law. So I put an image up of a wall there because we need to uh, break down those levels of ignorance. And that's what this show is all about. Getting down to the causal factors by looking at it and removing our ignorance. Thomas Jefferson is quoted on slide number 41. He said, if a nation expects to be ignorant and free in a state of civilization, it expects what never was and never will be. So he's talking about ignorance here and how it is diametrically opposed to a free society. And I could not agree more. He understood it very well. The more ignorant we are as a whole, the more enslaved we will be. If we want to be free, we have to become knowledgeable, most of all, about ourselves. Okay? Ian Goddard, on slide 42, says the same thing, only a little bit more harshly. He says, a society whose citizens refuse to see and investigate the facts is a society that chooses and deserves the police state dictatorship it is going to get. Societies who want to stay ignorant and keep their eyes closed about what is going on in their society will eventually end up enslaved. And that's just how it works. And I concur with this statement as well, harsh as though it may be. People who want their ignorance deserve the dictatorship they're going to get. It is richly earned by them. 
They have chosen it of their own free will. Okay, the next slide. The internal expression of natural law in the positive sense is sovereignty. It is the understanding of our sovereignty. It would more accurately be put. Sovereignty is internal monarchy. Okay, most people may have not heard of it put that way, but again, there are only two states of rulership. There is monarchy and anarchy, and as I've said, I'm a proponent of both of them. I believe in monarchy and anarchy. Now, that's really odd a of a statement to make, but you'll understand what I mean in a moment, okay? Sovereignty means you are an internal monarch, okay? Now, the opposite of sovereignty is confusion. That is the negative expression inwardly, okay, of consciousness, of natural law principles, okay? This is when there is internal anarchy. So that means in sovereignty, there is self-control. There is rulership of the self and one's own thoughts, emotions, and actions. In confusion, there is internal anarchy. There is no rule of self, okay? There is complete confusion within taking place. And there is opposition consciousness, duality consciousness. As you think, so you feel, and so you act are not united. Your actions betray your thoughts and emotions, okay? And we can look at sovereignty in the next slide, slide 44, showing an image of it. In slide 45, I show the word sovereign comes from the Latin language, super, which means above, and regnum, which means rule or control. A sovereign is essentially a king or a queen, one who is above rule or control, one who is not subject to any other person or being, okay? That's a sovereign. Ultimately, what a sovereign really is, in a wider sense, is a ruler of the kingdom of the self. A sovereign rules one kingdom only, the self. Population one, okay? One's, a sovereign is truly one whose thoughts, emotions, and actions exist in unison or non-duality, particularly one who has recognized their sovereignty. They come into that state of non-duality. All right, so it's about unison, becoming one, becoming whole, meaning bringing your thoughts, emotions, and actions into alignment, non-contradiction, non-opposition. Sovereignty is self-ownership. It is internal monarchy. Monarch means one ruler. That means I rule me. I own me and rule the kingdom of myself, period. No one else owns me. I do recognize my sovereignty. I do employ unity or non-duality consciousness. As I think, so I feel, so I act. So that's what it's all about, self-ownership. And that means you have become a monarch, the one ruler of you. Self-control, self-governance. Okay, confusion in slide 46 depicted there. Okay, that state is a state of being completely broken up internally. You're in a state where you don't know what's going on inside of you. You haven't looked at your actual self. You don't know about your own consciousness and your own psyche. And so you're in a state of internal opposition consciousness. That means that you're 
behaviors are in contradiction to your thoughts and your emotions. You can think and feel one way and act a completely different way. Ultimately, you're in opposition with your own self. And this leads to opposition in the external world. That's the correspondence principle. As there are more people in internal opposition, there are more people in external opposition. Okay, the internal is reflected on the external. The microcosm is reflected in the macrocosm. Okay? When, in your, when you're in that state, you're wide open to the next slide, slide 48, which shows an image of a puppet uh, master holding a puppet on strings. And that's the state of manipulation or mind control, as we've been talking about for so many weeks here. Okay? So when you're in the state of internal confusion or internal anarchy, okay, not ruling your own house, not ruling your own kingdom, then you're in opposition consciousness within and you could be manipulated from without, very simply. The next slide, 49, shows the external expressions of natural law. This is when we employ either the positive expression of love or the negative expression of fear, what we get outwardly in society, okay? And if we employ the positive expression of love, we will get external freedom, true freedom, is the positive external expression of natural law. And this is what I have labeled here external anarchy. External anarchy, meaning no one is ruling anyone else externally. There are no masters and no slaves. Everyone is created equal and expresses their consciousness by living equally amongst each other in harmony. Okay? Nobody thinks they own anybody else as they do today. People thinking they're God and own other people. That's all ultimately what the governments and police forces and military of the world are. They're people who think they're God, as we've said many times on this show. People who think that they control the actions of other people who aren't really breaking any natural law, uh, natural laws or violating the natural law rights of others. In fact, that's what the governments, police forces, and militaries of this world do every single day is violate natural laws we'll get to, okay? So true freedom, as is shown in slide 50, is external anarchy, the, the falling away of the chains that have so, for so long bound this planet. True freedom, no external rulership of others. And in slide 51, we see the opposite condition. That's when fear has gone haywire. People remain in a state of ignorance and refuse truth, they're in a state of internal confusion which leads, or, or, or internal anarchy, which leads to a state of wanting to exercise external control over anyone and everyone until it becomes completely uh, coalesced into fewer and fewer hands, concentrated power into fewer and fewer hands, okay, centralization of power, and that becomes an external monarchy, okay, or one world government which is what we're spiraling toward in the modern world. And that's external monarchy, meaning there is one force that is ruling everybody. Okay? Moving to the next slide, which I believe is slide 52. The chart is completed here, and we see the generative expression, or the manifestation of natural law in our world. There is a positive exp expression. When we have moved through all of these other states, 
by using the generative polarity of love, we get a generative expression or manifestation called order or what we recognize and know to be everything that we experience as good in the world. Things are ordered, they are peaceful, they are in harmony, they are good. Okay? If, on the other hand, and you can see images of this in slide 53 and 54, if, on the other hand, we have used the polarity of fear, dwelt in ignorance, confusion, and then brought it, you know, brought it through to attempt external control of others, we result in mostly what the world is like today, a state of chaos. And this is what we're ultimately trying to avoid by under, helping people to understand how these natural law principles do indeed work. In slide 55, we see a very simple idea. When you start using the generative polarity in the positive sense, you cannot create any of the negative expressions. Okay? The positive generative force, which is love, can only create the positive expressions in this chart. They do not cross over. So if you employ love, you cannot create ignorance. If you employ knowledge, you cannot create confusion. If you employ sovereignty, you cannot result with control, chaos, or evil, etc., etc., etc. They move in one direction. They are mutually exclusive forces. When you employ one, you get one set of results. When you employ another, you get a completely different set of results. This is very important. Okay? They are indeed polarized principles. The principle of polarity it applies here. Okay? Moving to the next slide, slide 56. These are the four polarities that natural law is essentially recognized through. And we'll get to those when we come back. I call this section, the next four sections, I call Know the Difference. We'll highlight some of the differences that help us understand natural law. I'll be right back. Okay, Mark, how's it going, man? Great, man. Moving along smoothly. We're uh, behind the scenes again on talk show, aren't we? Yes, we are. That's fine, though. Okay, well, I figured I'd come here uh, behind the scenes to let you know at the uh, blog talk uh, switchboard in which people can call up at 646-727-3387 and the 1877 number, uh, that's one eight seven seven. Five nine eight eighty five forty nine. We have a caller already. He wants to share something uh, with you, and uh, I told him you'll be taking calls after you're done with the presentation. I'm going to try and, to. Motor, uh, how many more slides? I'm going to try to motor through these last few sections. There's not too much left, but uh, it, there's a bit. Uh, I'll pro probably be, go be able to get to those calls by about quarter of them. The last fifteen minutes, hopefully, we can take some callers. All right, I'll 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 let them know. Yeah. All right, well, we'll go back to commercials for now. And, uh, again, folks, this is behind the scenes of whatonearthishappening.com. <laughs> All right, Mark. You got it. Go with the population. Oh, dear me. There's a monster. The burden of humanity rests on our shoulders. The only way out is to expose the global crime syndicate known as the New World Order. Together, we are all one. 
together we are in battle soldiers. The battle for free humanity ensues. Join us in the fight. The NL Hub.com Secure your future. Get your non-hybrid seed pack now. With the looming economic crisis, food shortages, and other toxic disasters, now is the time to be ready. Just click on the Heirloom Organics banner at the top of our Blog Talk radio page today. Secure your future and the future of your family in hard times. Heirloom Organic Seeds. Hi, this is Bob Tuscan. Tune in to my show, Truth Be Told Radio, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. You are listening to the Intel Hub News Network, crushing the New World Order piece by piece. Okay, we're back here on what on earth is happening. I'm going to jump right back into the presentation on natural law because we don't have too much time. So here we go. Know the difference is the next section. And uh, we're on slide 56 here and moving right to slide 57. We're going to attempt to understand the difference between right and wrong. And that sounds overly simplified and, you know... <laughs> Uh, it's the year 2010, and I feel like I, I need to be explaining people the difference between right and wrong, really. But uh, unfortunately, that's the world that we live in, it seems, and uh, people uh, don't really make much of a distinction between this because of the amount of moral relativism, uh, moral relativism that exists in our culture. So when we use the word right, we often mean correct, meaning 2 plus 2 equals 4. You're right, correct. So it is uh, something that is based in truth. We use the word right to represent. We also use it to represent something that is moral. That action was right to take. It is based in natural law. Okay, it is right. It has not harmed anybody. Okay, so again, actions based in it do not result in harm to other sovereign beings, to other living beings, period. Okay, again, we're defining right here in the negative sense. That which does not result in harm is right. You are right to take that action. Very simply. Okay, does it result in harm to another being? Or does it result in usurping their natural law rights? Well, if it, if it does, it's not right. If it does not result in any harm, that is within your right to take that action. Wrong, on the other hand, we use the word wrong to represent something that is incorrect. As I said the other night, you know, you could say 2 plus 2 equals 5, and that's the wrong answer. Quite simply, it's not based in truth. That's not the truth. But when we use the word wrong, we also mean immoral, meaning something that one, uh, somebody did not have the right to take an action. Okay? That was wrong to do that to your brother or your sister. Okay? Actions based in this 
result in harm to other living beings. Quite simply, it can't get any simpler than this, folks. The concepts of incorrect and immoral are equivalent, and the concepts of correct and moral are equivalent. If something is based in truth, it is based in principles, it is based in natural law, it will not result in harm. If something is not based in truth, it will not be based in natural law, it will result in harm. It can't get any simpler than that, and I cannot get anyone to accept that. There is no way I can make you accept that. All I can tell you is that is the truth, and that is how natural law works. This is the fu one of the fundamental principles and polarities to understand when it comes to natural law. I can only put it out there. You can ex accept or reject it. Slide 58, conscience, is what the understanding of natural law is ultimately attempting to create within us, to develop true conscience. Conscience is a word that comes from Latin. It means to know together. Con means together in Latin. A prefix in Latin means together. And scio sciere means to know or to understand. Conscience is to know together, to come to a place of knowledge together. Common sense is what conscience ultimately is. And sadly, we have lost our common sense in the modern world. And people, most people, do not know the difference between right or wrong anymore. As sad as that sounds, that's the case. Okay? So the next slide is called Know Your Rights. And I list three basic principles here that are easy to keep in mind. It is best to understand your rights in the apophatic sense. Apophatic. A-P-O-P-H-A-T-I-C. What this means is in the negative, defi being defined in the negative, okay? And this sounds bad, but it's actually quite good, and it is a good way to understand what your rights are and what they are not. We need to come to know which actions are not our rights because they cause harm, okay? We have way too many rights to list them all. There's so many actions that you can do and take that don't result in harm to other living beings that you couldn't possibly list them all. But you can define what you do not have the right to take. Okay, everything else that remains are your rights. If it causes harm, they're not your rights. So define your rights in the apophatic sense as, a, as opposed to the affirmative sense. Okay, natural law holds true regardless of the human population. I hear that one of the biggest arguments people come up with is, well, if there were only a couple, if there were only a few people in the world, you know, uh, and it was a real small society or town or village, well, you could act like that. But, but we're in a, uh, uh, the earth has seven billion people on it. Ladies and gentlemen, natural law does not care how many people are living on a planet. It exists. It is immutable. It is unchanging. Your rights are not going to change whether there's one person or two people or whether there's 20 billion people on a planet. It doesn't make a difference. The human population is irrelevant when it comes to natural law rights. Your rights hold true, hold to be the same, and what your rights are not hold to be the same. In, in other words, right and wrong is the same regardless of how many people there are. Okay? 
when in doubt as to whether an action is in harmony with natural law, simply visualize the scenario of a world where there are only two people. And I, this is an exercise I've talked about on this show in the past. Okay, if, if something is wrong to take an action where there are only two people, it's wrong to do it in a world where there are seven billion people. All right. So if there's two people living in the world, I can't go over and say I'm stealing the food that you produced, and and I'm going to come and take this much of it after you've produced it. You you can't do that. Okay, that's wrong to do in a, in a, in a situation where there's only two people. It would be wrong to do in a situation where there's ten billion people or any amount of number of people. All right. If I can't can't say I'm going to sit back and not do anything, and I'm going to uh, take, there's only two people in the world, I'm going to take the product of your labor because I say I'm allowed to do it. I've given myself the moral authority to do it. I'm claiming that authority and I'm saying that you're bound to it. If there were only two people in the world and another person did that to you, you'd laugh at them and probably go after them with a club. Okay. However, people do that now in the world all the time and we think that this is morally sanctioned. You know, we actually believe that nonsense, that they have the moral sanction to do that because they're the government. I can say how much I want to take of your, the product of your labor, and you're going to give it to me whether you like it or not, called taxation. The next slide, slide 60, the fall of the republic. This is a quote from Aquinas on liberty, which I've read here before. Because choice is subsequent to a judgment upon the truth of the matter presented, it is an immutably true principle that human liberty depends entirely upon judgments which conform to the natural law. If a judgment which does not conform to the natural law, which is therefore objectively false and immoral, is acted upon by the will, then it becomes a source of grave disorder in society. Exponentially multiply these numbers of individual immoral acts, and you have a republic that collapses from moral decay in a short period of time. And that's why we went from a republic to a soft police state, which resembles feudalism and is moving toward a state of neo-feudalism, which is going to be what the New World Order ultimately is, the dark New World Order, I should say. Okay? And this says it beautifully. You believe in things that aren't true. You're acting upon something that you haven't established the truth of, and therefore you're making judgments which don't conform to natural law because they're not based in truth. Okay, The action that you take with your own free will becomes a source of chaos, a source of disorder. When you exponentially multiply that, when everybody's doing the same thing, okay, then it you get a society that collapses and becomes a closed society or a police state. And this is the cor correspondence principle, the principle of correspondence, as above, so below. When you have a few people doing it, it, it builds up disorder and chaos. And then when you have a lot of people doing it, you see that chaos reflected in the, in the, the macrocosm on the large scale, a whole society. The next slide, know the difference, force versus violence. Okay, So this is the second polarity of natural law. The next slide shows that law, uh, in other words, this is uh, natural law versus man's law. To know the difference between natural law and the law of man that we scribble down in law books. Okay, So on the next slide, 68, you see a chart 
Natural law on the left, man's law on the right, depicted as lowercase l-a-w. Okay? Natural law is based in principles or truths. Man's law based in dogma. Dogma, which means unchallenged belief. Claims of authority, and then the unchallenged beliefs in those claims. I depict the dichotomy between these two concepts. I show on slide 69 a man who embodies living according to principles and truth like Gandhi versus the dogma contained in a myriad of law volumes that are just spewed all over the place and we're expected to understand what's in all of these codes, rules, and regulations, which are ultimately nonsense. Okay, Which one do you think emits a more powerful energy? It's pretty self-evident. All right, the next slide, 70, shows that natural law is harmonized with, meaning we come into compliance with it, we come into harmony with it, based on knowledge. It is harmonized with due to knowledge that is recognized. We have recognized the truth of natural law, and therefore, by our own volition or free will, we have come into harmony with it. Man's law, on the other hand, is simply complied with due to fear of punishment. And slide 71 shows this dichotomy. Knowledge being acquired, someone becoming enlightened as to what the forces of the universe really are there on the left versus a person who, you know, just wants to stay out of that prison cell and therefore they're taking their actions from the lowest place of consciousness possible, which is fear. The next slide shows that natural law is immutable. It exists for as long as the universe exists. We've talked about this concept already. Man's law, on the other hand, changes on the whim of legislators. So therefore, it can be legal to do things one moment and illegal to do it the next. It can be legal in one country and illegal in the other. How can that be? If, it's, if, it's, if law is supposed to be based on what is right or wrong, how could something be right in one place and wrong in another place? How could something be right at one time and wrong at another time? This is simply moral relativism, period. That's all it is. It's moral relativism, and that's the slippery slope to social Darwinism and a police state society, period. And this is depicted in slide 73. The uh, cosmic forces of creation are the embodiment of natural law, and man's law is based in a bureaucrat who thinks he's God sitting behind a desk in a black robe. Which one of those forces do you want to align yourself with? I think it's pretty self-evident. Know the law, the next slide. A living being must be harmed or defrauded in order for a violation of natural law rights to have taken place. And there are so many offenses in modern man's law society that there is no harmed party. And yet they want to try to take other people's freedom when there's no harmed party. And this is nonsense. In order for any action to be taken against somebody for violating natural law, there must be a living being who has been harmed or defrauded, period, the end. Second component of this slide, rights that do not exist for an individual can not be granted by man's law to any other individual or any group of individuals. That means if you do not have the right to do something, you cannot say, I'm giving you the right to do this, okay? If I don't have a right to steal from people's labor, you can't put a, who does, in other words, okay? If I don't have a right, well, can you tell me someone who does, an individual that has the right to say, I am morally allowed to take from you that which you have earned. No one has that right. 
Therefore, I don't care how many people you get together and try to write a law that says you're allowed to do that. You can't give somebody something that you do not have yourself. So if a thousand people come together, call themselves a government, none of them have a natural law right to impose taxation in and of themselves and as an individual upon another individual. I don't have a right to say to my neighbor, you're going to give me this much of what you earn. Well, if a thousand people come together and none of them have that right, they can't write a law that gives them that power. The power cannot be put into another being that is already not self-existing. You cannot grant yourself rights. You either have a right or you do not have a right. And you can't write laws to grant rights. You know why you can't do that, folks? Because you're not God. Okay? And I know that comes as a, a shock and a terrible, terrible revelation to some people. But it's true. You're not God. We'll wrap this up on the other side. We'll be finishing the last couple of sections and then we'll take some calls. We're listening to what on earth is happening. And all I don't access the in control of the population. Total tyranny is amongst us. The burden of humanity rests on our shoulders. The only way out is to expose the global crime syndicate known as the New World Order. Together, we are all one. Together, we are Intel soldiers. The battle for free humanity ensues. Join us in the fight. The Intel Hub.com. Hi, this is Bob Tuscan. Tune in to my show, Truth Be Told Radio, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Join me, Joe Joseph, and my co-hosts, John King and A.C. Griffith, Thursdays and Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time for Freedom Link Radio's Bridging the Gap on the Intel Hub Radio Network. Did you ever wish that you could have done something while you still had the chance? What will you do if your income ends tomorrow? Or if you lose your home, as many already have, do you have enough money to survive through an economic depression? If you don't want to gamble with your future, then FreeToProsper.com can help you quickly end your debt problems, protect your property and possessions, and develop a personal strategy to get you through the hard times. Most importantly, you get to keep your money and not pay another cent to creditors. Our program is often superior to bankruptcy, consolidation, or settlement. Visit freetoprosper.com to find out more. This is your real chance to act ahead, so don't delay. Your future may depend on it. Call 718-615-0123 to learn more. That's 718-615-0123. Or visit freetoprosper.com today. That's me. 
We're on slide number 75, which says, so what does this mean for man's law? And in the next slide, slide 76, we see, if man's law is in harmony with natural law, it is redundant, meaning it states what is self-evident. Natural law is always in effect. So if man's law is just writing down something that is already in effect, it's a redundancy. It is therefore unnecessary. If man's law is in opposition to natural law, it is both false and immoral, as we have already seen, and therefore it cannot be binding upon anyone. So what does that mean for man's law? In slide number 77, <laughs> significantly, in light of natural law, man's law is irrelevant. The next slide... To know the difference, responsibility versus abdication. Well, responsibility is what this is all ultimately about. Our responsibility, our ability to respond. That's what our sovereignty really is. The control over our own thoughts, our own emotions, and our own actions. The only three things we really have the right to control. Whenever we hand over our natural law right to use force to another individual, group, or entity, we have abdicated our own personal responsibility, which is the foundational basis for the discovery and understanding of natural law. Okay? So, uh, I, actually, I actually kind of glossed over a section. The, 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 I wanna, before we do responsibility, let's look at force versus violence, okay? Force is voluntary action based in morality and natural law. Voluntary action. Force is a misunderstood term, and force and violence are completely opposed to each other. They are not the same thing, okay? Violence is the initiation of coercive action that is not based in morality and natural law. So, we, you can use force to build a house. We can use force to transport goods from one place to another. It forces essentially the ability to get something done. And it can mean, it can mean protecting one's or defending one's natural law rights against an incursion against them. That's how we can mean force. Okay? But essentially it's any action that one possesses the right to take. That's what force is. Violence, you never have the right to take because it's the initiation of physical action that you did not have the right to take. It's the initiation of coercive action. Okay, You don't have a right to coerce people to do things. The only time you have a right to make somebody stop doing something is if they're violating your natural law rights. And then you can physically stop them from doing that. And that's another thing dominators want people to think they don't have a right to take. Force does not violate another natural law, another being's natural law rights. And it may include defending oneself against the incursion, against your own natural law rights. Violence always involves the violation of another being's natural law rights. So we saw this at the G20 in Pittsburgh. People who think they had the right to come in and use violence against people with these LRAD weapons and batons and tasers, shutting down free speech in a, in, in a society 
that has the right to assemble, has the right to use free speech. They were trying to tell people they don't have these rights, and they're going to stop them from exercising them. These thugs. I won't even, even call them police. They're thugs. And it was just the idea that they're following orders, and I'm going to do what I can because I've been told I'm allowed to. I'm going to kick your ass and get away with it, in other words. Again, we've talked about taxation as being violence. It's uh, basically forcibly taking what another has produced and earned, and it's based in violence, and it's slavery, ultimately. It's indentured servitude. So um, going back to personal responsibility, you know, that's all connected with uh, these people who are told they're allowed to use violence against people, and they actually believe that, and that's what a police state is. People who think they have the right to do this stuff, and they don't, and they never will get that right. The problem is we've handed over our responsibility by even creating forces like these because we don't want to deal with our own house. We've not morally educated our young, so they grow up to be criminals, and then we want a controller to come in and clean up something that we should have handled to begin with. Education is really ultimately the key, and not uh, trying to put together forces of controllers to save ourselves from our own ignorance. It'll never work like that because it's always based in fear. So when we hand over our natural law right to use force to another individual group or entity, we have abdicated our personal responsibility, and our personal responsibility is really the foundational basis for the discovery and the understanding of natural law. Okay? The TSA situation that's so prevalent going on is a perfect example of this. You know, all trying to get us to feel safe, and therefore we're handing over our natural law rights to not be searched, you know, and, and violated to these thugs of the state. Because that's what they are, too. People who are just doing this because it's a job and they're following their orders. Well, no, it isn't. You're a criminal. You're a criminal. You're violating other people's natural law rights, and you don't have any right to do that. But this principle was illustrated by Ben Franklin. He said, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither and will lose both. And I wholeheartedly concur. Franklin was an enigma. He had a uh, dark side to him as well. But this statement is totally true that he stated. You give up your liberty because you want to be safe, you're going to lose both your liberty and your safety. And that's what's happening in our society. Gerald Massey Egyptologists said they must find it difficult, those who have taken authority as truth, rather than truth as authority. Again, people who accept claims on authority over other living beings and the usurpation of their natural law rights, this was so prevalent in the Nazi dictatorship that happened during the 1930s and 40s in Germany and other societies like in the Soviet Union. And it's happened throughout history. These are automatons lining up to take their orders, and in doing so, they're abdicating their personal responsibility. And on slides 85 and 86, you can see the absolute horror that really resulted in what they did. Regardless of what numbers you want to think uh, are associated with what happened in Germany, if this happened to one person, it's too many. Okay? If it happened to one being, it's too many. So... Uh, that's what's coming here if we're not careful. And, you know, look at what we're already doing in other countries right now as imperialistic occupying forces. We're blowing children apart. We're torturing people. Take a look at the slides on slides 87 and 8, I'm sorry, 88 and 89. 
and that's what the United States has become. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know we were once uh, you know a, an example of freedom in the world as a republic. This is what we've become: an imperialistic, uh, militaristic dictatorship. David Icke said it best. He said, accept responsibility for yourself and your actions, thoughts, and words. You alone make choices. You alone are answerable to the consequences of your behavior. The feeble excuse that your boss required it, the establishment expected it, holds no truth or justification. And that's all it is when you say, I'm only doing my job. I'm only following my orders. It's all justification for immoral acts that you do not have the right to take. Ike says, what is the point of having principles if you allow others to dictate your behavior? At the end of the day, you will judge your performance and the contribution you have made to creation. It will not be based on what another expected of you or what you did because you felt trapped. And that's what people are letting themselves become there in slide 92. Puppets on the strings of puppet masters whose agendas they have no idea of and do not understand. They're giving their minds and their bodies ultimately away to those people. Because ultimately what this is all about is free will. And it's about free will whether to go along with the system or to refuse to cooperate with a system that's enslaving people. And ultimately it's about whether to follow along with natural law principles or whether to ignore them. And we're going to see what results when we do those things. Okay, Francis Bacon Rosicrucian said that nature to be commanded must first be obeyed. If we're going to want to command the forces of nature, they will only bow to our commands when and do what we want in our service when we first obey them. And that is absolutely fundamentally true. Living in harmony with natural law leads to the states of freedom, peace, prosperity, survival, and evolutionary progress for humanity. When we live in harmony with natural law, life begins to flow effortlessly, and the, the, the forces of creation actually open up to us and help us to prosper and thrive. When, on the other hand, we live in opposition to natural law, we enter the states of control, enslavement, poverty, war, evolutionary stagnation, and ultimately extinction, which is the opposite of survival. And that's where we're headed, folks, if we don't wake up soon, because going against natural law is like standing going against natural law is like standing on railroad tracks and tr- expecting to stop a powerful locomotive with your arm out at arm's length. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Uh, Alex Gray depicted it best in his painting Gaia. I love this. I got a chance to see it in person at Cosm back when uh, he was in uh, the Soho area of New York. And um, it depicts it perfectly. That side there on the left, which is the right side of the world tree, representing getting in touch with the right side of the brain, okay, depicts a world in balance, peace, and harmony, and order. Goodness, in other words. And the right side is if we go against natural law, that's the kind of world of chaos that we're going to create. Very simply. Slide 102, the way out. And I'll just briefly recap this and then we'll take a couple calls. All right? You're the way out. It's up to you. It's all up to the individual. You need to understand the principles of natural law. You need to understand how natural law works. You need to understand the difference between right, right and wrong. You need to claim your sovereignty. You need to claim your own personal responsibility and stop making excuses. And that's when we will advance as a species. The answer is looking back 
from the mirror. You are the answer. Okay? You are the way out through your own edification, through your own education, true education. Okay? Paying attention. Using your time and attention well spent. Okay? Spend them well because they are spiritual currencies. And that's the way out. That's the way toward evolutionary progress up the ladder of consciousness and breaking the chains of this world and stepping out into a new world of harmony, peace, and prosperity together, hand in hand. The chemical wedding, the left and right brain brought into harmony and unison with each other and our thoughts, emotions, and actions brought into unison and non-duality. So that was my presentation at, at Survive and Thrive. And there it is here tonight, put on record here on what on earth is happening. So uh, Bob told me that we have a couple of uh, a caller here on Blog Talk switchboard. So uh, let's bring him on. Uh, yes, uh, Mark, we have uh, Hugh on the line. Uh, Hugh, uh, welcome to what on earth is happening with your host Mark Passio. I'll just let you know. I'm well, gonna, I, I'm gonna, I have a couple of other callers too, so we're going to go for about a minute, a minute and a half each, because we have very little time left. So go right ahead. Hello, Mark. Hey. You are so dead on correct, and I have some very powerful information that I would like you to get a bead on from me to start transforming the world uh, with uh, more love. That's what's needed. Sure. And the way out with uh, the corruption. Yes. Uh, I, I don't have access to email uh, but there is a blog that has my phone number on it. If I could give that to you and you can contact me. Sure. If you just Google creativity, the number 777.com. Okay. And I have some ex extremely powerful strategies that I'm putting out there, but I'm just one person disabled. So if you can hook up with me, we'll really get things cooking. I appreciate that. I will, I will get in touch with you. And Thanks for calling in. Here we go. Gunslinger748, you're on What on Earth is Happening. You have one minute. Go right ahead. Are you there? Okay. Yeah, it's a gunslinger. Sorry. Uh, they're gone. So, caller from southeast Pennsylvania, you can take us out. What do you have for us? Hello, Mark. It's Eric. Eric, how are you, man? Good hearing from oh, you. Oh, no, it's Eric. <laughs> it's Eric. Well, I think Bob Tuskin's going to like this comment. Okay. Um, Bob Tuskin really likes to harp on the whole idea of solution-based thinking. Well, if you incorporate that with the laws of attraction, and like say like you know one of the big solutions to the whole food thing is us growing our own gardens. Well, if we if we think about the solutions rather than oh you know they're poisoning us you spend more time thinking about the solution, then you'll get that law of attraction, and, and then it'll come true. And, and like you say, uh, these people, they're all unified. They're, they're all thinking about how they're just going to take the whole world away from us, and we're not thinking about it at all. And That's why they're, they're making so much progress. I think both sides of the equation are important. It's the awareness of their agenda combined with uh, basically stopping, cooperating with it, and then doing the things that we need to do to, bring, to create a world of peace and prosperity. Solution-oriented solution think, thinking is critical. We, we need to do that. And after I break down these last few methods of mind control, that's what we're going to do probably for the rest of this show, uh, is we're going to do nothing but talk about solutions. 
That's great. Thanks, Mark. You got it, Eric. Thanks for calling, man. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're about at the end of the show. we got about a minute left. I want to thank everybody who called in. And uh, uh, it, was a, it was a good special show where I got a chance to give a presentation that I gave. I uh, had a little bit of a, an error in there. I had a slide reversed. I'll correct that and post that tomorrow uh, to the podcast. You can uh, pick up the podcast with uh, the, uh, the slides for the presentation tomorrow. And I'll, I'll maybe link to some uh, videos that talk about these concepts as well. So that's all we have time for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Going to wrap it up. I'll see you here next Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on What on Earth is Happening. WhatOnEarthIsHappening.com. In the Intel Hub News Network.com. Good night, everyone.